Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Millius, and I'm so glad that you're here. And before we get into the show, I want to invite you to visit jennifermillius.com forward slash start to get free resources focused on helping you get your book and message out into the world. Choose what resonates and take steps towards being seen and heard, showing up at the table, owning your space, and sharing your book and message. And now let me introduce to you Shanna Dow. Shanna Dow is the best-selling author of the young adult adventure fantasy series, The Keepers of the Balance. In addition to writing novels, she enjoys reading, cooking, watching anime, and her newest endeavor, gardening. She lives in Oklahoma with her husband and four sons. Let's dive into the pond and meet Shanna. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you Shanna Dow. Shanna, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I am so glad you are here. And I would love for you to start with how did you get into writing? Uh, it was a long journey. It's, I'm probably one of those writers who has always wanted to write, but it just was never the right time. And we had... As a u- unique opportunity, I won't go into all the details here, but back in 2019, right before the pandemic, believe it or not, we had no idea that was coming, <laughs> right. but the opportunity presented itself, I could write full time. And so all the words, all the stories that was in my mind just came flowing out. And two years later, I had three books written and it's been an amazing journey. That part is done. I'm ready to move on to a different series, but that's kind of, I just kind of stumbled into it. It was just kind of kismic or fate or whatever you want to call it. It was definitely Providence that led me to that moment in time and back in 2019. So that's how I got into it. So to your point, 2019 really isn't that far away from where we are today. It's like four years. So, so four in four years, three books. Yes. That is actually quite impressive when you think about the idea of your writing, your editing, your writing, your editing, you're getting ready to go and and then you find your magical part that you say, okay, this is ready. And then poof, you're on what you're writing again and editing again. And so what was that like in that process for you? Because what I'm hearing is almost a form of rapid launching, if that's what you were intending or just how it was flowing for you. Exactly. And I didn't, I'm one of those people that got into writing and had really no idea what I was doing <laughs> um, as far as I'm an independent publisher. So um, independent author. So that's what I, that's the route I decided to take after much research that just felt right for me during this phase of my life and this phase of our, um, being an author. But yes, just the stories had built up. And they were just all there. I know that with this next series, it's not quite like that. So it was just, I tried to think how to explain it. It was just all there. And that's the only way I can describe it. It's like I had like a download and I just, everything was there and it just came so easy. The writing part was easy for me. The editing was a little bit more of a process as it always is for all authors, but it's just the process. And it was such a blessing to be able to have that for my first series, to have it go so smoothly and to have the story just all there. That's the only way I can explain it. And it was phenomenal. Yes, I was able to release such things. In fact, it was even fun to go back. I have another 
project I've working on was able to go back and revisit that role and write a little novella. And so it's just not quite leaving me. I like it just keeps pulling me back in. I'm like, wait, I have other stories I want to write. But it was great. It was, and yeah, it all got really so quickly. And it was a wonderful experience. Now, when you were, so you're going through this process, you keep getting downloads, you keep with the writing, the editing, and so forth. Did you work with the same editor, the same book designer for cover and so forth, so that there was a consistency there? Or did you find that you needed to make some adjustments? Like how, how did you go through that process? Well, definitely the first book I worked with first, really probably with the first two books, I worked with different people. With the third book, I had more, even more of a team around me. So at that, by that time, I had the alpha readers, the, the beta readers. I was working with a different editor that was kind of more into that genre. And I even found some new cover design people. So by that time, by the time you are further into your author career, you start gathering your tribe, your people around you. And that in turn causes everything to become even much more streamlined. And so that, so in answer to your question, it was a progress and it was a progression into the third book. Oh, absolutely. And I love how you said that, like, as you keep going, you build your tribe, you build your, the yeah. like a village, if you will, you of people to support, of, of people who are supportive about you, you are of them. And there's like a ripple effect of that. And absolutely. so I'm curious. So you have a different designer that you're working with in book three. Did they go work? Did you decide to go back to books one and two so that it was cohesive or what did you do about that? Oh, that's a whole journey in and of itself. Because of the genre I write in, trends change so quickly. And so about every two years, this is what I was told, that every two years you should go back and look at your covers and make sure that they are on point in the genre that you're writing in. So then when people look at your book, you don't want to stand out. You want to look like all the other books so that they go, oh, I've read something in that genre. I want to read this one too. It looks exactly the same because people want familiarity. And so, yes, I did have to go back and redo all of those covers, but now everything's cohesive. Everything looks the same and it's on point for the trends today. Uh, two years from now, who knows what it's going to look like? But yes, I did change all of those and just make everything come together in a nice package. But that, to your point though, even, even if it's just saying I've changed mid-series, bringing it back and saying, let me look at the previous covers because I want this series to have the same look and feel. Yes. That's a, that's, it, it's okay to do that mid-series. Oh. If you realize, no, this person, I'm really, I found my person. This is the right person for this series, this cover, the way they're, they're feeling this story and what have you. It's okay to go back and make those changes. And that's what I'm hearing you say, doing. It's like giving yourself permission to make adjustments. Yes. And, you have, and it's so important to even go back and re-edit if you need to. Go back and tighten things up. Especially if you're a first-time author and you wrote that very first book, you can always go back and make changes. Uh, especially um, I've published on Amazon and people can do that, you know, get a first look. So you want those first, what, 10% pages to make sure they're as beautiful and as tight as possible. <laughs> and so it's okay to go back and change some of, maybe even go back and change some of your descriptions, um, the back blurbs. There's always room for improvement. 
no matter how old your books are or what genre you're writing in, you always want to, I mean, I know for me, I can always improve, <laughs> always, always, always. And at some point you have to say, okay, this is fine. This is where it is. Let's just leave it alone. So yeah, it's definitely hard to stop, especially when you're like me and the perfectionist, you know, type deal. So I have to be careful. Stop, Shanna, stop. It's fine. <laughs> But to your point, I mean, yeah, depending upon what it is for you, it might be that tendency in your editing going, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Okay, I think it's there. Well, does it need a little bit more? Well, it, it give yourself the grace to say, have you been working with editors or alpha or beta readers right. type of thing? Right. Did you get feedback? Are you looking at it going, do I need to incorporate this or uh, is it really in line with my vision? And I'm okay saying no or oh, I get it. I'm not sure I like this specific example for how to change it, but I get what they're saying. What can I do differently? But at some point you also want to say, okay, I know I've done the best I can and it's, it's, it's ready. It's right. ready right now. Right. And I need to keep moving. How did you discern it was ready when it was whatever now meant to you for each of those books? How did you know? Oh gosh, that's a good question. Part of it was really the feedback from my alpha readers. I have two. And once they're like, you know, we feel like this is good. And I relied on them big time. And then I was like, well, let me see what the beta readers have to say. And once I got the feedback from them and I tightened it up as much as I could, I was, uh, you just kind of get to the point, you're like, I don't know if there's anything else that I can add to the story that's going to enhance it enough to delay any more publication. Sure, you can always add things, but is it going to make the story better for your reader or is it going to make it better for you? So you have to kind of keep the reader in mind when you're ready to publish and I felt that at that, you know, at some point it does kind of get, okay, this is, this, this is wonderful. This is good. I've hit all my goals, having goals, writing them out, knowing which ones you're hitting and you, and you can pick all those boxes, then it's ready for the world. And to your point, also recognizing that it's not just about adding, it's also, did you omit things that weren't moving the story forward? For right. instance, you might've gotten feedback from a reader that says, Hey, you know, I, this is getting slow or I'm not really feeling this, or they may not give you the language that an editor might say, we need to do this or this, but, or how to rework it or what to do about it. But you get feedback. That's like, Hmm, I'm wondering if I've added something that isn't really adding the value. So it's not just about adding to the yeah. story. It's also, it's really about amplifying the story so it's if you need to cut cut <laughs> which is difficult right they say and that's oh that's so difficult do you enjoy character or you enjoy dialogue um, I absolutely love writing dialogue that's one of my most favorite parts of writing and I can't just go pages and pages and pages people need to know where where are these characters you know how did they get from one room to the other you know type deal and so, but yes, killing your darlings is hard, but so necessary. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what that is, there's, I don't even, I can't even remember who said it. Oh, Stephen you might King. Know. Thank Stephen you. King, yeah. Kill your darlings means get rid of unnecessary things that's bogging the narration down, bogging the story down. 
that's his that's his term thank you for bringing it out like ah who is that it's escaping me <laughs> yes yes and it could be a scene it, it could, could be, be. Yes. it could be how something is described it might not be the scene by itself it could be the I've taken you know too long to describe right. this what could I do if this is really that important is there something I can do to pare it down and make it feel stronger in the same way if it really is necessary or is it one of those going it's really not necessary I just really loved it and uh, it's not really adding things but in but even when you are editing and removing still don't just hit delete and be done move it to another document because that will Absolutely. it can come back through in yeah. some way so yeah I, I love how you were describing and you might find that something you removed in one spot, you might be able to refine and add it back in later mm -hmm. because you realize, oh, I do need that, but I needed to do it differently. Exactly. And those are fun sometimes, those quote unquote deleted scenes that you can share with your readers. I absolutely love going back and watching some of like movies or TV shows and they have like bloopers or deleted scenes. Those are fun. And so sometimes those are nice to keep that you can give them to your readers and then they, if they want to, they can go in and go, oh, I wanted a little bit more information about that particular scene or a little more information about that character. And those can actually enhance the reading on the flip side when they're done. They can kind of go back and get a little, little hints or tips or tricks or whatever you decide to use. So yeah, those are fun to keep. Oh, I love that. That's such a great idea because it's something you can weave in as, you know, maybe it's in your social media post when you're talking okay. about that, or maybe it's something that you make more exclusive to people as they join your commun email community. And right. so yeah. it's ways that you can still leverage pieces that you've written. It's just an, another way of doing it. So Absolutely. yes, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. So Shanna, we were talking about before we hit record about really like balancing things, because mm -hmm. as a writer, you know, you really are running a business. And I've had so many people, whether I've been at a signing or any of my clients sometimes would talk about like, how do I balance all of that? Or even the, the writing part might be fun, but the business part might be scary. And then, oh, wait, you have a life outside of this. You have other activities that you're interested in. You have, you know, things that you need to do on a daily basis, just things that are normal things that you do in life. And you know, and especially if you're a parent and you want to be doing things with your children or you want to be spending time with your friends or other family members, how do you balance all of it? And so I would love to talk with you a little bit more about that because I am sure that there are so many writers who sometimes feel like, you know, if I do one things, how do I make sure other things aren't falling through the cracks? It's so true. It's like, gosh darn, those kids have to eat, don't they? <laughs> but no, it is true. And so many of us juggle so many things. And I do love what you said about it is a business. If you want to succeed as an author, you do have to think of it as a business, as even a side job or however you term that and then to give it its proper place. And for me, I have four boys. I am married <laughs> and all the things that go along with that. So how do you juggle that? And I think for, for, for me, I had to go old school. Okay. I know people absolutely love technology and they love having everything on their phones or on their planner. So I had to actually get a, a written journal planner from, from the craft store and write things down. 
I'm a big, I like to check things off. And so what I did for this, that was my goal for this year is to try to juggle things a little better. You know, have you ever seen that where you have those people, I don't even remember what it was, but like they, um, they have a stick and they have these plates and they just keep, and they're like spinning everywhere, but they have to keep going around and spinning the plates to keep them going. Sometimes as no matter what field you're in, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a writer. It could be, you know, you're a full-time parent and a full-time, you have a full-time job. How do you keep all those plates in the air without them all crashing down? And for me, it's scheduling and, and keeping things on a piece of paper, keeping things in my journal. And even if it's just like, check your email, <laughs> you have to get very specific at your emails check this or check that. Okay, you're going to write today of 500 words or whatever it is. And having particular daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals. And, and then you can even go far out if you want to have yearly goals. But it's so, for me, um, and I also homeschool my children. So that's a completely different element in and of itself. But some people do wonderful writing in the morning. And people do better writing in the evening after the children go to bed. I know one lady, she wrote on her phone, even when she was standing in the grocery line at the grocery store and in line, she would grab her phone and she would write down some scenes. I was like, oh my goodness, that takes dedication. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> but just setting goals. And then what happens though, if you have a sick, a sick child or you yourself don't feel good and you don't hit those goals, how do you handle not beating yourself up about that? And I think for me, that was the hardest thing because I'm a very goal-oriented person. So one thing that you have to do is try really hard when you don't meet your goals or you don't accomplish everything that you wanted to for that day, that week, that month. Like for example, we just lost power last week because of a storm. I didn't get anything done. So none of my goals got reached. How do I give myself grace? And how do I not beat myself up about that? And it's really, it's a, it's a mental game, big time, you know, you have to say, you know, center yourself and just say, and be nice to yourself, you know, because there's so much things that comes, comes into play and just be okay with it. And it does kind of take practice to be kind to yourself because you have so many external forces coming against you and expectations that may or may not even be what you have for yourself, but things that are coming on you and you have to say, you know what, especially as an independent author, I don't, I set my own deadline. I can do what I need to do. I need to make sure that my priorities are right. And to give yourself grace to say, you know what, it's okay. It's okay if I didn't hit all my goals, because a lot of times if you give yourself that grace, it, it removes that stress. And then it allows you to almost catch up organically because that stress has been relieved and you can come back in and get those words written almost quicker because you don't, you're not banging yourself over the head. It's a process. And I certainly have not reached that. I just continue to have to give myself grace when things like that happen. But as I continue to be an author, as I continue to set my goals and to make sure that I'm doing my very best to meet them, the process becomes easier and easier and easier. And that someday, who knows when, and I'll actually get there, right? <laughs> well, but what I'm hearing is, you know, sometimes we can have 
we can set unrealistic expectations, even though we might have mapped out, I'm going to work on my book and I'm going to get this many words done today, or I'm going to do all of these things in my tasking list. And then you might have a lot more external things coming into play, or maybe the, the things that you thought you could get done took longer. And it wasn't that you weren't making the effort. It's just that those items that you had, you might not have realized what all of them took you might have written down i'm gonna do this but you know maybe check email but checking email and seeing 10 emails to address is different than seeing 400 emails to address you know and going okay well i probably if i only allowed 15 minutes to do emails 400 is not happening right Right. now right but so did i set a realistic expectation or do i change the the scope of that task or what have you so you know how do you apply that when you realize things have have gotten off? So for instance, maybe you did set goals to say, I'm going to write, like you said, I'm writing all last week and then the storm hits and it does derail the process. But when you're in the middle of it and mm-hmm. yes, you're, you're doing your best to give yourself grace, you're doing your best to go, it's okay, you will get back to it. But sometimes when you don't see the real end in sight going, okay, by the end of this, you know, maybe you have company come in and you say, okay, I want to be present with my company and I probably won't get a whole lot of writing done, but that's okay. I can start again on, you know, the next day or what have you. But when you have something that really is unknown, like a storm or what have you, how do you work through that when it's frustrating when you're in the middle of it? Let's see. Well, for me, everything, like, for example, last week, I finally got to the point where I just had to let it go. (laughs) I was like, it's not going to happen. But in the past, when I've had things like that happen, I, one of two things have happened. Either I'm completely stressed out because I didn't meet my goals of writing, let's say. And it was, and it's almost like it backfired on me. And I was having a mental, mental block writer's block I was just putting so much pressure on myself oh you got to make up for that you you need to get those words in now you have to write double or whatever and it just didn't work or going back to the grace thing I forgave it's not like I needed forgiveness because that's not the right term but it was almost like you had to say you know it's all right you didn't get it done And it's almost like you just have to release those expectations, release that. And I'm a very visual person, obviously I'm a writer. So, you know, you can kind of envision yourself as taking that unmet expectation, letting it go, but along with it, any kind of guilt, shame, which you shouldn't have. That's the crazy part is no one but yourself is beating yourself up. So if you release those negative emotions, then it allows that creativity to continue to flow. And it's almost like it kind of writes itself. I know that sounds very metaphysical. I don't mean for it to sound metaphysical, but for me, getting that out, just getting it out of me, doing something as simple as taking a walk or centering yourself, meditating, prayer, whatever you want to say, helps too, because you know, there's so many, there's so much other that goes on inside of us, you know, mental is a big thing and our spirits, you know, all of that, it's all connected and being able to center yourself and getting back on track 
and like I said, I'm going back to the same thing, releasing those emotions. It's not easy to do. It's hard to do. A lot of us like to keep that on, but then you feel yourself getting stressed. Your shoulders are up around your, your ears. Like, oh, I need to relax. And so that would be my answer to that question. Can you be nice to yourself? Be, you know, we're, we always say be kind to other people. We need to be kind to ourselves too. I'm a big proponent of that. Oh, I am too. I, I, I am so much in that space with you. I mean, you would say encouraging things to your friend or to your, your, your loved one, your, your child or whomever. If, if you, if they were you know, stressing out about something or beating themselves up, you would go out of your way to, to help them and to reassure them and to remind them that they have what it takes and, and help them to kind of get into a better space so they could keep going too and cheering them on. You should be doing that for you too. So I, I really love how you, how you said that. And, you know, you were describing that and I know you're a fantasy writer. So yeah. one of the things that was coming to my mind was, um, you know, in Harry Potter with Dumbledore and specifically like the pensive, like, Hey, let's yes. get this out yes. from of our heads and put this away. And yes. yes, the pensive is also a sense where you can get that memory and go back and look at it. But right. these are things that you're saying, I'm getting rid of this, this tension. Mm-hmm. I'm getting rid of this negative talk or I'm getting rid of this this tendency to want to beat myself up because I didn't write as much as I thought I was going to or I didn't write well what I wrote today or I thought I was going to do all this other stuff to market my books or to structure this other thing and Mm -hmm. I didn't get as much done or what have you and sometimes you might go oh, I really needed to get more done today. And other times it might feel like I've right. done the best that I could. And today's energy, today, the, the ability you, and energy and, and space and capacity and grace you have for today might be different than it is tomorrow. Yes. And your best tomorrow yes. is still your best. And yes. that's, it might look different than the day before or in five days from now, but it's if it's your best for today, then it's your best for today. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And what you said, I picked up on too, self-talk. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the creative part of us as authors, as writers, but we always have an internal dialogue going on, an inner dialogue going on. And those words that we speak to ourselves, I love what you said. Yes, we are the first to jump in and encourage our friends, our family, you know, and to lift them up. But why do we not do the same things to ourselves? That was so good. I completely agree with that. That was good. <laughs> but if you think about it, you know, as writers, yes. you know, we are crafting stories for others to read and starting a different conversation because they've read that book. I mean, I can't tell you how many times just you know, as a reader, I've picked up a book and said, wow. And then asked, Hey, Shannon, did you read this? Or right. let me know when you've read it so we can talk about it later. Or, or there's a quote in there that really resonates. And that mm-hmm. quote shows up in my space, or right. maybe I, I share it in some way, or I use it as a little reminder to go. Yeah, that was, that really mm-hmm. spoke to me type of thing. So right. someone else wrote that. Yeah. Well, when you're writing your story, you're writing it and somebody else is going to read that. So you're pouring out all of this. So yeah, I love this. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Self-care for authors. I know. And it is true. We pour so much of ourselves out. 
I've heard and I, even I said, you know, the little part of your soul is, is taken and given when we write these books. And it is true. It's very true. And so when we are pouring and giving and we, I think we just set ourselves up to, again, feel bad if we don't get that done because we know people are, are, are on the other side waiting for these books. And there's always things that you can garner from books, no matter what genre you're in. And you'll come across a scene, the way a person reacts, the way a person is loved or not loved. There's so many stories and we get into those stories. We take a little bit of that to ourselves. So when we know what's on the other side of our writing and we haven't met that, I think that's hard too, again, with the expectations. Because I know people are, are waiting for these books. I'm like, I'm trying. I am trying to write these. Be patient with me. We have to be patient with ourselves. And it's a good reminder for all of us, no matter what field you're in, to get yourself the, the self-talk that you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm curious, given that you balance so many different hats mm-hmm. and that you are continually finding space, making space to hone your own, you know, create and follow your own dream Mm -hmm. to write more, to create more stories for people to read and run your business. You know, is there a particular word of encouragement or tip or two that you would leave Mm -hmm. with our readers who maybe feel like, you know, their balancing might not be nearly as great and they know to give themselves grace, but what else could they do? What else would you say to them? For one thing I think is super important is to always have a time in the day to just be quiet. We have so much hitting us. I really noticed that lately for myself, you know, it's so easy to pick up that phone or that tablet or watch television or a YouTube video or get sucked into the vortex of YouTube or whatever quieting the mind, even if it's just for 10, 15 minutes, and then just allowing yourself to sit in silence. There's something about silence. I think sometimes we get scared of it because we don't know what the internal dialogue is going to be. And I think sometimes we step away from that and being able to just be quiet and to center ourselves, even for the day. I I like to take time in the morning to sit silence, if I can, it's hard. It's hard to just sit there for 10, 15 minutes with nothing going on. I can feel myself wanting to pick my phone up or whatever. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. And I acknowledge that. But being able to do that, I think helps. I really do. I I believe that it helps to set your day. So then if you do run into problems later on the day, you've had that time to just unplug, I guess they could say. And then the other piece of encouragement would be to surround yourself with people who can encourage you. If you have people that are putting undue or unrealistic expectations on you, it's okay to prune those people from your life. I'm a real big, like I like if I'm going back to what I said earlier about surrounding yourself with your tribe. It's so important to have people in your life that they're going to encourage you. They're going to say, hey, you can do it. Or they'll take you out for a cup of coffee. Or, hey, you know, I need to FaceTime with you. My cousin and I are very close. And if I need anybody, 
she doesn't live in the state, I can Facebook message her or we could, you know, FaceTime or whatever. And to surround yourself with those people because we need that. We need those people in our lives to help us get through these hurdles. You're not an island unto yourself. Even if you're an introvert, you need people. <laughs> that is awesome. Shanna, where can people connect with you? Where can they get your books? Well, I'm most active on Instagram. If you just put in Shanna Dow, Shanna Dow author, I do have a website, Shanna Dow. <laughs> and then all my books are exclusively on Amazon. And that's where they can find me. Awesome. Shanna, this has been fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thanks again for listening today. I'm so glad you were here. I'd love to hear what resonated with you from this episode. So connect with me on Instagram at author Jennifer Milius and let me know. Your book, your message, your body of work is worth sharing, and you are the right person and the only one who can share it. Keep writing and keep putting yourself out there because the people who need to hear your message the most are waiting for you. They are waiting for you to step up to your next level of genius so they can have the impact they're meant to because you inspired them. I'll see you soon.